everyone. Uh, welcome and thanks to thanks for tuning in to episode six of Perspective. My name is Molly. I'm one of your co-hosts. I am here with my co-host Logan, and uh, we have a very fun episode in store for you today. Um, I did want to say thank you so much to everyone who tuned in to episode four, where we talked about uh, mental health with our friend Brad. Um, and to episode five, where we talked about Warp Tour and shared some awkward and potentially embarrassing stories about Warp Tour. Uh, but yeah, Logan, do you want to lead into a little bit of what we've got on the plate for today? Yeah, we have something very interesting, which is kind of an idea that we were kind of pitching ideas back and forth of what to talk about. And we didn't really have a good idea until a couple of days ago, um, when Molly or Molly's birthday is coming up here this month. And so um, she had mentioned that she always gets anxious around her birthday about getting older um, and kind of dealing with that. And then we thought, what a great thing to talk about is just the overall anxiety around your birthday and what it's like getting older for a couple of, you know, people who are still in their twenties, you know, we're not like old, but yet we're older, you know, this is, this is the oldest we've ever been, but also the youngest we'll ever be again. So like, where do you go? Which one of those do you really want to follow? So like, we tend to follow, this is the youngest we'll ever be again. Oh God, we're getting old. Right. It's a, it's a weird feeling. Uh, so for anyone listening, I think this will come out on August 7th on Monday. My birthday is August 30th and I'm going to be 26, which is the point where, like, you you kind of go from your mid-20s closer to your late 20s, and that's a very weird realization. Like, I realized, and I'm sure, Logan, I'm sure we've even talked about this, but, like, I realized that I have been out of college for the same amount of time that I was in college. I graduated four years ago. I was in college for four years. Um, oh, man. And, yeah, so, like, yeah, it's weird, right? And, uh... So, I don't know, like, over the past several days, I was just having these looming feelings of dread. Uh, and it, it, you know, I mean, look, I think anyone who is both ambitious and doesn't feel like they measure up to everything they aspire to be, which, you know, not to say I, I, I haven't done what I want to do, but I, I think many of us, including myself, feel like, you know there's always more to do and there's always more we want to do. Um, and I don't know. I was just kind of getting these feelings where I was like feeling really inadequate and started to realize I was going to be 26 and that felt really old. And then, you know, it was like the very end of July as this was coming up. And then July 31st, I realized my birthday was less than a month away and uh, as some of you may have witnessed, uh, although it is gone now for the most part, uh, as some of you may have witnessed, I, <laughs> I had a meltdown on Twitter. <laughs> I started listening to The Wonder Years and passing through a screen door came on and he says, Jesus Christ, I'm 26. All the people that I graduated with all have kids, all have wives. And I realized that, holy shit, I'm going to be 26 in less than a month. And people I know are like, married they graduated from medical school i know people that have children and like logan i know you're a couple years younger than me so i'm not sure if like you really reached this point yet but like i've started to reach that point where like when my friends get pregnant or their significant other gets pregnant it goes from oh shit what are you gonna do to oh my god congratulations that's so exciting you know and like people are buying houses and it's it's it i don't know it's it's weird to realize that and see that no it's really strange um i mean it's kind of like when you see all of your friends that you you know were with in high school and you kind of drift apart from them too so then like you know you see that they're doing these random things on facebook and you know they're having kids you know in my case some of them some of my friends are having kids a lot of them are married now um which is kind of strange, especially when you think about like the people they were in high school and you're like, oh, you're going to be like a husband now. <laughs> I remember when you right? were taking shots right? off your freaking parents, you know, bedroom. <laughs> right? like, I right? don't know. Right? You know like, <laughs> I know. I mean, I know this guy who was, um, when he was in college, he would use like this one like dedicated cup for alcohol and like he would never clean it and he would always be like, oh, the alcohol kills the bacteria and it's totally fine. I don't need to clean it. And now he's married and he just like had his second kid. And I'm like, what the hell? Like this was four years ago. 
you were the guy who used the same cup all four years of college. So yeah, now that he's like, has like this whole family set up and it's just kind of weird to look at him like that, you know, and it's great. I mean, it is great seeing like your friends and everything kind of grow up, but then, you know, you realize, oh, I'm not at that same spot yet. And, you know, and like my life, like I've never like been disappointed really with where like my life is at. Like I'm really happy with where I'm at and everything. But sometimes like you look at this and you're like, oh, well, that's great. But I'm still here or, you know, like me personally, I'm still like in college because I took like two years off of college, which is a whole other conversation. But that was a terrible choice in my, you know, like as a terrible choice looking back at it, you know, so now I'm two years behind everybody that I went to high school with. So like in two years, I'm going to graduate and they're going to have like all, you know, like their dream dropped and things that they're going to want. At that point, I'll be 25. And that's like when your quarter life crisis kicks in. And I don't know if that's a Can thing, confirm. but it Can certainly confirm. is for us, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's, yeah, no, the quarter life crisis thing is real. Um, I mean, it's, you know, I think to some extent, like, I don't want to say for me it was like it was or is like an event kind of like an ongoing thing in a way uh that kind of ebbs and flows with you know wherever my life is at whatever point um i mean something i've definitely learned over the past few years is that life is not always stable and that's good and bad it's good because you know when life is at a place where it's terrible and everything sucks it's not gonna stay that way you know whatever is going on in your life like no matter how shitty it is it will, you know, the shitty stuff will end, like, things will get better. Um, it's bad because no matter how great things are, that very well may change, too. Uh, no, you know, I mean, jobs don't work out. You know, relationships end. I mean, I, I had a knee surgery earlier this year that, like, you know, everyone asks me, I mean, everyone asked me around my surgery and everything, oh, how is your knee? How is your leg? But for the most part, no one was asking me how I was doing. And it was hard. Like, it was really hard emotionally dealing with that, you know? Like, I was supposed to be on Warp Tour, uh, and I was offered a raise and a promotion, uh, and I had to turn it down. And, like, that, that killed me, you know? Um, but it's, it's weird, like, looking at, you know, like, I went to a private high school, so all the people I went to high school with are, like, very ambitious, and a lot of them, you know, went to really prestigious colleges, which I did, um, I went to, I would say, a pretty prestigious school, um, and people I went to high school with and college with, like, some of them graduated medical school this year, like, how weird is that? And I'm like... I remember seeing you at a frat party and, you know, who, <laughs> exactly. right. It's like, yeah, it's like, you don't even think about that. And it's, you know, it can be really frustrating to see that because like, you know, when you go on Facebook or whatever, or, I mean, I have not been to a single class reunion. I do not intend to because high school was terrible. Uh, and with college, I mean, the only people I, I, keep in touch with like I already keep in touch with and I, I don't need to like go to a reunion to see people I don't keep in touch with anymore um but I don't know I mean it's you know everyone says oh don't compare yourself to other people but let's be real like we all compare ourselves to other people so oh, yeah, like totally. we right and it's like you know I, I wrote this whole blog post uh last month that was just called you'll never have it all figured out Nobody does, and that's okay. And that was the whole thing, was just coming to this realization that everyone is just as fucked up as I am uh, in their own ways, which on the one hand is terrifying because it's like, oh my god, nobody has their shit together. Like, will I ever get mine together? But I think ultimately it's like kind of empowering, you know? <laughs> but, and, and you know, when you're in like a, a good place in mind, you know, you keep in mind like, okay. I don't have my stuff together, but nobody does. It's okay. We're all in this process of figuring it out together, and it's it's okay. Like, we don't have to have it figured out. But the other day, I had this, I had this like, freak out on Twitter, uh, you know, 
which my Twitter is public. Uh, and, you know, as a writer and a photographer, like I, I use Twitter to network with people, right? So it's important for me that my Twitter is public. Um, and as, you know, many other people have, I had my Twitter meltdown where I was just freaking out. And what I found was this. You know, I found a, a couple people messaged me on Twitter and, like, I got, you know, I got a text and someone messaged me on Facebook and I text, you know, I called another friend. Uh, I'm someone, so I don't know about you, Logan, but, like, I'm someone that, like, when I am struggling with something, I have to talk about it and I have to talk about it a lot. Uh, and, I, and I often end up, like, talking about the same thing with, like, several different people uh, just because that's how I deal with things and how I process things. Um, but, you know, what I found was two things. Number one, a lot of the people, several of the people that reached out to me that are a few years older told me that 26 was a good year for them or was even their favorite year. So, like, that was reassuring to know that 26 is not, like, some terrible thing in and of itself. First of all, like, that part is reassuring. Um... But then also what was, like, really nice to realize was that everyone deals with this feeling. This terrible feeling regarding getting older, which I have dubbed birthday anxiety. That fear coming around, you know, an, an upcoming or a recent birthday. Um, and I think it's very real, you know? I don't know. Where do you, where do you think it comes from? I think, like, the birthday anxiety does kind of, I mean, obviously, I think it's a real thing, so we just kind of talked about it briefly earlier in the episode about how we both kind of deal with that. I, I don't know if it comes from, like, societal expectations necessarily, and, you know, where you might have to be at a certain age, you know, I think there's obviously a lot of pressure, you know, growing up of, oh, yeah, you, you, know, you gotta, first of all, you have to graduate high school, and, you know, that's, it's not easy for some people to get through high school, but I do agree that that's like a good like base part, you know, a good like kind of place to start. You know, I think, you know, that's certainly an important thing, but I think, you know, there is an overall pressure just, you know, outside of high school. If you say, well, you know, you graduate high school, but you know, now you're 16. So now you got to start looking at colleges and you have to start applying for colleges. And by the way, you know, it's really good to do all these extracurricular activities. So that's going to help you get to these colleges that you want to get to. Which, but also you should be studying and you should be right. prepping for the ACT <laughs> and like taking college application prep and like working on your college essays. Like there's there's a lot. I mean, getting applying to colleges is stressful. Yeah, it's insane. And, you know, in Ohio, we have the OGTs as well. So that's a joke, but that's, you know, whatever. So you have to do your SATs if you want to, you know, that's like supposed to be a better testing than your ACT. So if you want to do that, you got to do your SATs. You definitely have to do your I ACTs. I never took the SAT. I never, I never did either. <laughs> I, I never took, cared. So I took, uh, so I was originally, people who have listened to other episodes of the show and people who know me uh, may know that I originally went off to school for engineering and pre-med, which like, you know, I look at myself now and I cannot imagine like me as a person who just graduated from medical school. That's weird. Like, that's really weird. I don't do not have my shit together enough. Um, but, you know, for for those kind of college applications, you need a couple uh, SAT twos, which are the subject tests. So I took like math. I think there were two math tests and then physics. And I got like really, really high scores, like 750 or 770 on all of those. Um, and I took the ACT because my, uh, you know, my advisor told me to take the ACT and the SAT, you know, like might as well send both. Um, and I took the ACT first and I got like a top 1% score on my first try, uh, was not feeling so good about the SAT, had like a total mental breakdown the night, like two days before the SAT. And my advisor was like, you got almost a perfect score on the ACT. You don't have to take the SAT. Um, which, you know, okay. So, like, I got a really good ACT score. Like, I got into college, you know. I got a scholarship and everything. But, you know, like, I, you know, I, I think, I, I mean, I definitely felt like there was an expectation as someone who was 
you know, tended to do really well in school, I, I kind of felt like there was an expectation that, like, you are successful. Like, whatever you do, you are going to be successful. If you don't succeed, it is your fault for fucking up. It's not that you're not smart enough, you just didn't try. Like, you know, it's, I don't know. It's it's a weird kind of pressure, and uh, I don't know if anyone else, if Logan, I don't know if you can relate to that at all. I don't know if anyone listening to that, listening can, can relate, but... You know, it's it's a weird pressure. I think it's interesting with, like, regards to how we talk to, you know, to each other, to kids, how we praise kids. Do you call someone smart? Do you call them talented? Or do you say, you know, oh, you must have worked really hard on this? And, I mean, that, that plays into, like, kids in school and, like, people in their careers as well, I think. It does. Um and I think, you know, especially again with school and everything like that, you know, you do have all these pressures on you. And, you know, like you were saying, you have to do these scores and you have to do good enough and you have to study. And God forbid you play sports because then you got to do sports and you got to practice. And if you, you know, and if sports is what you want to do, then, you know, you got to start worrying about scholarships for that. You can do, I mean, it's, it's, it's insane to balance all of that out is, is kind of crazy. And then, you know, once you get to college, it doesn't matter because then you get to start all over again. And if you have a scholarship for, say, you know, just real quick, if you have a scholarship for, like, sports, right, that's most of the time, I think, if not all the time, it's on, like, a year-to-year basis. So if, say, you know, you're a kid who wasn't necessarily the best, you know, in your high school class with, like, academics or whatever, but you were great in sports, now you have this scholarship. But if you go to this really expensive school, like say you go to Ohio State, just, you know, since I'm in Ohio, right? And if you like, you know, if you tear your ACL and then you get hurt and then you can't play sports, now suddenly <laughs> you're no, you're of literal no use to that school. They pull your scholarship and now what What the hell are you going to do? You can't pay to go to that school. You can't get an academic scholarship. It's not because you're dumb. It's because you went there for an academic, or sorry, for, um, you know, for an athletic scholarship. So now you're just kind of stuck and that's terrible, but that's, you know, I can't personally relate to that, but I know that that happens. I see it that happens all the time, these kids, and it's, it's terrible. And so you've, you know, that's a whole other kind of pressure if you do play any sports and if you do get into college to play sports. But I, overall, I do think there's this heavy societal kind of pressure on you to go to high school go to college, graduate college, you know, get married, you know, if you're in your mid to late 20s, start having kids, buy a house, and who the hell wants, I mean, who, I mean, who wants to, like, pressure someone that, you know, much to do those things? All those things are great and all, um, you know, but that's a lot, and buying a house is not just something you wake up, oh, I'm gonna go apart, or I'm gonna go house shopping. I'm going to pick a house today. I'm going to spend $400,000. It's not a big deal. And, you know, pay that off for the next 30 years. Like, and by the way, the house market could crash tomorrow and then you're stuck. But that's, you know, and and I think all of that is really tough. And, you know, that, that used to be just the way of life, you know, for, you know, say maybe our parents or some older generations, but I think a lot of that is kind of changing for, you know, like the millennial generation, which is kind of interesting to see, um, you know, so maybe there won't be so much pressure on like our generation's kids or anything because, you know, a lot has changed like from the baby boomers and all that. A lot has changed because of that generation. You know, we could argue whether that's for better or for worse. And we, I guess we technically really won't know still, but, and, and so I don't know. I think, for now, there is definitely that pressure, but I can sense that it's kind of going away, you know, for people. And even some of my friends, like, you know, when I talked about, when I told everyone I was going back to school again and how I felt like, you know, that was, like, I should have, I personally should have graduated college when I was 21 because I took a bunch of college classes in high school or whatever. And so now I'm like, now I won't graduate until I'm 25, you know, and that sucked. And a lot of them were like, oh, you know, it's not really that big of a deal you know, you're still again be in your mid twenties and who really cares? You know, you graduated college, like that's like, you'll graduate college. Like that's going to be something, you know? And so I think that's going to be really interesting the thing to see like what our generation, like what we expect out of our children, how much different that will be. And obviously I, I feel like we're a little bit kind of more, I don't know, lenient that way. You know, we, 
have seen a lot of things change. So we'll kind of see how that goes. But, you know, outside of that, I think that's probably like the main thing is just feeling like we have to do things by this certain age. And, you know, now, you know, if we're in our mid twenties and, you know, you graduated college, but if we're not married and we're not having a house, what the hell are we doing? You know, if we're so far behind, you know, from society's expectations, that's a lot to kind of handle too. So I think that's probably just the main thing behind it. I think, I think people are talking more about, you know, these societal pressures to get married, to buy a house, to have a full-time, you know, job versus, you know, multiple part-time gigs or being a a freelancer. Um, I think there's a lot more talk about, like, this societal pressure. I don't know if this societal pressure has changed yet. I mean, I think it's changing, Uh, And there's certainly a lot more people who are choosing, you know, whether they're choosing or choosing not to take, you know, a single full-time job uh, or they have not been able to find a single full-time job or, you know, choosing not to buy a house or cannot afford a house. I mean, there's a lot more people, I think, who don't fit that kind of normal mold. Um, or, or at, at the very least, people are talking about it more, and I think that's a good thing. I'm, I'm a big proponent of, you know, talking about your, your shit, as I did the other day uh, when I told the entire world on Twitter. Um, you can, like, you know, <laughs> you can go and see, like, how many people have, you know, viewed or engaged with your tweet. And, like, one of my tweets when I freaked out, like, in the middle of my freak out, had, like, more views and engagements than, like, any tweet where, like, I post a link to my photos or anything, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, <laughs> like yeah, People pay more know. attention to, like, mental breakdowns and, like, your right, art or, like, right. you want them to pay attention. You're like, that's fine. Right, <laughs> right. You know, it's, I mean, I've, I'm trying to be, like, more real and honest, you know? I think for a really long time, I never felt like I could share any piece of myself with the world, you know, and that's part of why I wanted to start the podcast is so I I could feel like I had a space to like, share myself, you know, and for people, for people who give a shit about like my work, for them to hopefully start giving a shit about me, um, not because I want the whole world to be best friends with me or expect them to, because I don't, you know, some people aren't going to like who I am. But I mean, on a professional level, my hope is that if people feel like they know me, that they will want to continue to engage with and support whatever I do, uh, you know, beyond like supporting or engaging with like a specific project or, you know, professional endeavor or company I work for or anything. Um, I don't know. I mean, and it's, you know, some people are, are very, like, private with what they post online. I think that's fine. And, and we talked about this Logan, when we, when we had Brad on this show. Uh, some people are just, like, not into sharing their bullshit. And that's totally fine. Like, some, you know, as much as we talk about people should be open about, you know, mental illness and life experiences in general, like, I think there also has to be understanding that some some people are not... They're just not private. They're they're they are private people. They're not talkative, and that's like that's fine. Um, something I wanted to talk about, uh, you know, as we are both, you know, music industry people, um, I wanted to talk about this pressure re- related to getting older. This pressure to feel young in the music industry. Um, I remember being in college and, like, when I started my blog, it was the summer after sophomore year, I was living in a sorority house, and, like, most of the girls in my sorority house were, like, pre-med, and they were staying over the summer because they were taking summer classes, or they had some prestigious research internship or whatever, um, and I, I said to one of them once, like, oh my gosh, like, I'm so stressed out, I'm so busy, like, I have so much work, and she goes, like, but your work is fun. Like, you go to a concert. And I was like, and it's my job. (laughs) Like, you know, I was interning at a venue. And yeah, it was fun. And I loved it. I learned a lot. But it was still, like, a a thing I had to do, a commitment, you know? Um, And I think there was just just a big article on Noisy. Did you see that going around this week, Logan, where it was talking about, like, mental health in the music industry? Um, 
for anyone, I'll, I'll try, I'll put a link to it in the show notes, but for anyone who did not read the article, um, essentially it was talking about how there's a lot of pressure in the music industry to be always on, uh, and to always like be going out to every party. Um, and I think that's true. And I think that relates to, you know, this pressure to feel young. Um, I mean, especially in, in the kind of music that, you know, you and I mostly dabble in, Logan, like, alternative music and even pop to some extent, um, that's, like, a youth-focused audience. And if you're too old, you don't know what the hell is going on, you don't know what music people give a shit about, and you realize, like, oh my god, like, have I gotten completely out of touch? Like, do I still have a place here? It's it's terrifying. And this is, you know, we talked about this when we had James Shotwell on the show, episode three, that, like, it's a weird realization, realizing that, you know, you're older than your target audience. Um, and I think that's, you know, that idea of realizing that is hard. It's hard to come to terms with. Um, I mean, in, in any facet of the music industry, like especially in alternative music or pop music or any youth focused genre, um, which, which really is a lot of music is youth focused, right? It's not just like scene bands. I mean, a lot of country singers are 16 years old or you have rappers that are 18 or whatever. Um, and whether you're on, like, the marketing side or A&R or, or whatever, you know, if you feel like you're too old and out of touch, you know. I mean, I'll say this. I think people who work in music tend to be very passionate about and very driven. And, like, you know, the music industry is not always the most financially rewarding industry. Uh, obviously, people get paid and people make a living doing it. Um, I do. But, you know, it's... You know, like, you would probably make more working in, like, a normal corporate job um, than you would working in music. So people who choose to make music their full-time living tend to be very passionate and dedicated. And when you feel like you don't have a place, it's, like, it's terrifying. It's heartbreaking. And, and you, you freak out. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's, you know, it... it Looking at the lineup for Warp Tour this year was interesting um, because it was definitely like a bunch of, you know, younger oriented bands. Uh, but it was a lot of bands like the Ataris and Anti-Flag that, that do gear towards like, you know, people my age or so, which that to me was really cool to see that kind of mix. I would say Warp Tour too, like if we're on that topic, it, it kind of targeted, had some older bands on there as well. So I think that specifically was a little bit of a better mix than it had been in the past as far as targeting towards older and the younger um, generations. But I think you're pretty spot on. And I know James, like you said, he talked about this a little bit um, when he was on with us. But it it is very strange, you know, once you kind of, not necessarily, I don't know if it's, you, you know, outgrowing the music industry once you heard a certain age. But you are, you know, a little bit older I'm sorry, if you are a little bit older, some of this all gets, you know, way harder to do. And, um, you know, specifically being in a band, like that's, you know, it takes a lot to be in a band and touring isn't easy. And if you're not making a decent, I'm sorry, if you're not making enough money to really live on, then you have to have a second job. And as you get older, having a second job and then taking three months off the tour and then going back to work or if you're lucky enough to keep the same job, if not, then you got to go job searching and that's never fun. And then you have to hope that you can get a job and then say, yeah, sorry, I might leave again in mm, three months and then I'm going to be gone for three months. And it's like, that's something that you can't really, really like do that for the rest of your life. So you have to hope that if you are becoming a musician, you're going to start making some money off of it sooner rather than later. And unfortunately it doesn't always happen, which is, you know, why some of these bands that we always really kind of get ourselves attached to break up too soon. <laughs> and Wait, are you, are you, yeah. I'm segueing into <laughs> next week's episode right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, next week, next week. 
speak on perspective all the bands we love that broke up too soon um i know we've like hinted about that a lot but that is actually going to come up next week i'm foreshadowing Um, just to kind of get it set up but it's it's you know in that case it happens too often no it it totally does um i mean and touring is completely exhilarating uh i mean first of all i will say like i have a friend who like for years and years and years wanted to go on tour with a band and then he went on tour and after like four days he fucking hated it so you know some people try it and they do not like it and that's fine but you know for people who do it and keep doing it like they keep doing it because they love it um but it's hard on your body too you know i mean like not even, you know, obviously in, in my case, like I couldn't go on tour this summer because I had had just had knee surgery. But, you know, you're generally, unless you're like Blink-182 and have like a private chef making you vegan meals backstage, which by the way, if, if uh, Mark is listening, like if you ever need like a photographer or a personal assistant or like, you know, if you ever have any openings on tour, (laughs) I I will like hang out and eat your vegan catering. I don't know. It sounds good. And you know, I'll hang out and you seem like a cool person. I'll hang out with you, Mark Hoppus. Uh, Also. Wow. How many, we can get him on this podcast. There you go. Right. Right. Um, How many times are we going to like talk about blink 182 on this podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Probably a lot. (laughs) Especially considering, <laughs> I mean, they're a prominent band. I just saw them yesterday, so we can talk about that a little yes. bit. But that that's always exciting. Um, and what's really kind of cool is they're about to uh, they're playing at the Metro in Chicago, which is going to be crazy. I thought I was seeing them in a small venue. I that's nothing compared to that venue because that holds I think eleven hundred people, which is pretty no wild. Way. And no I was way. losing. <laughs> I mean, that there That's was a guy crazy. who I was talking to yesterday at the concert who he had come from Indiana and he said that he had tried to get tickets to the Metro and it sold out so quick. So he was like, oh, fuck it. I'll just go to this Columbus show. And like, I mean, people travel from all over for, to see yeah. them. And I'm just like, yeah. but like, this is such a tiny like venue and, you know, it's lucky that they were able to make it that far. But man, yeah, if we can, we can find a way to pitch this to Mark Hoppus, we might have a shot. Hey, Mark, uh, we've talked about like you or your band in some way on just about every episode. So it'd be really cool if you could actually come on the show. Um. <laughs> you can recreate Hi, My Name yeah. is Mark, that podcast for a little bit. Right. We can let you even take over. That's right. fine. Just, yeah, I mean, just let us know your work. schedule. We'll work right. around it. Right. Um, but to, to go back to what you were saying about touring, Logan, um, I think it relates to some extent to other parts of the music industry as well. And I think that's something that not enough people do talk about per se. Um, You know, when you work in music, like, and I think this is not necessarily just limited to the music industry, um, but, you know, there's pressure to like always be on. And I think part of that comes from like, you know, this field is so desirable people want these jobs and if you are not going to go above and beyond they will find someone who will um (laughs) so there's a pressure to you know to always be on to in in the blogger perspective there's a pressure to respond to every single email and every single pitch and press release and write about every single band and be the first to break every piece of news and review every record, interview every band, photograph every single show. I mean, you know, I, I can say from that perspective, I, I definitely like, I don't know. And, and I think I, you know, I look back and like, I think one thing I wish I had done different with my blog with circles and sound waves is I wish I had like gotten more of a team together at the start uh, and not just, like, a team of contributors, but, like, got a team together of, like, an assistant editor, um, you know, people like that, like, an assistant editor, a social media person, gotten that team together at the start, so, you know, I wouldn't have, like, 100% of the responsibilities, uh, and to also have people to bounce the creative decisions off of. Um, but, you know, I... 
I feel like there's just there's pressure to to always do more, you know, and and like I do a lot, you know. I don't really do anything with my life besides like I work and I work from nine a.m. to one p.m. Uh, for one job and two to six p.m. for the other job, and I have a commute home in between. So really, I'm working from about nine to six, you know, like full time hours essentially, just split between two jobs. Um, I do freelance photography work, I do this podcast, I do my blog, and I have to work out pretty much every day for my knee. Uh, and, like, that's all I do. And, like, I don't know. I Part of part of it is, like, I don't really have a lot of, like, real-life friends that, like, I would just be hanging out with. But, which, and, and Logan, like, we were talking about this the other day um, in the middle of my, uh, in the middle of slash slightly after my Twitter meltdown um, when I texted, when I texted you saying, Oh, we should talk about this on the podcast this oh, week. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we both talked about how we don't feel like we have a lot of, like, real life friends that we really hang out with. And I mean, for me, at least the past several years, I've, I've, you know, it's, I, I feel like I'm friendly with everyone. And like, to some extent, I'm friends with everyone. Um, I'm very outgoing and social. And like, I genuinely love people. I love talking to people. I love talking to new people. Um, if anyone listening to this, like, whether we're, like, Facebook friends, if you want to chat me up on Facebook, message me on Twitter, email me. I mean, if you live in the same area I do and see me at a show, like, talk to me. I want to talk to people. Um, I love that. Like, I, I love meeting new people and, like, getting to know people. But I, you know, I, I never have really felt like I've had a lot of, like, real-life friends, like, you know, I never really feel like I've had a social life outside of going to shows. Uh, if I ever, like, go out to eat, it's, like, before a show. <laughs> um, right. Rarely do I, like, do things for fun outside of, like, anything, you know, essentially related to the blog or the podcast or my freelance work. Um, you know, it, I think there's definitely, like, I mean, part part of it is I don't do well when I'm bored. And if I didn't have all these things to do, I think I would feel really bored. If I didn't have these things to occupy my mind and my time, I think I would start feeling really bored because I would be like, what am I doing? But part of it is this pressure to like, number one, to do more and, and number two, to like keep moving, moving up and, and always moving up and always be looking towards the next step. Um, I don't think that's like 100% a bad thing at all. But I think we have to recognize it because sometimes you really do just have to like chill and and ex- be where be where you are right now. Like when I had knee surgery, um, like the day after surgery, I was like in bed and like I was working. I worked from home for like two hours a day after surgery, um, and. Then I, like, sat and watched Netflix the rest of the day. But, like, I texted a friend because she wanted to know how I was doing. Uh, and this is, like, a, a friend that I know from touring and music stuff that lives up in Boston. You know, not, not again, not someone that I, like, hang out with regularly. Um, and I was like, man, I feel like I'm getting so behind on everything with my blog. And she goes, you just had surgery. Watch <laughs> some Netflix and relax. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh... I'm not very good at relaxing. Um, I got very stressed out at uh, my office job the other day. And, you know, our uh, senior VP goes, dude, just calm down. It'll be okay. And I just wanted to yell, I am not a calm person. Uh, I'm, I'm not a calm person at all. And, you know, to some extent, like not being someone who is quote unquote calm, to some extent, you know, helped what I do. Like, you know, in, in my work with PETA too, like there's a lot of, you know, not only juggling multiple tasks, but like solving problems immediately. Um, before we got on the air, I, before we started recording, I was talking to Logan, um, about a situation that happened today where, you know, we're coordinating like hotel rooms and, you know, we had people at a show and like the band hadn't even got there yet. Like, you know, and and so I kind of have to be on high alert. And it's like, if you're not on high alert, you know, 
you're you're just like not the right person to be in that kind of job where you have to be that like problem solver but i don't know i think at the same time like you know you have to separate like that level of okay what is an acceptable level of like having a fire under your ass and like being alert and like able to do the job and what is like too much stress and is like you know an an actual anxiety problem or depression or anything um you know i was gonna say i wanted to touch on something you know i think i i I don't know personally like how much i guess like pressure can be on people and say like for example like from a band perspective because when i was when I was talking to um, Real Big Fish earlier or last month, you know, we had talked about. Uh, I actually, I was interviewing their drummer and um, one of the trumpet players, and their drummer has he's been the shorts in the band. I don't know if you've kept up with him, but they have had like a rotation of drummers. Um, I guess there's a rotation of members. Um, I guess for a while now, but they've been pretty steady over the past ten years or what whatnot. But you know, this is a guy I had talked about. You know, when you're in the music industry you kind of always have to be, like you said, on top of everything. And if, you know, he was talking about, you know, how you always, like, if you're not on tour, you have to be really cautious with what you do. Because if you have a tour lined up and say you go out skiing and you break your, you break your freaking leg, then tear your suddenly ACL. you tear, tear your ACL. Keep the theme. If you tear your ACL, like, <laughs> then. We're going to be talking about torn ACLs <laughs> on this podcast a lot. It's going to be like the theme instead of like breaking a leg, which is the common thing. Oh no, if you tear your ACL, you know, so then you get replaced. Right. And then, you know, suddenly if you, you know, once your ACL is healed, you're like, hey guys, I'm ready to tour again. They'll be like, ah, nah. Like they you're... have someone else in their place already. Yeah, <laughs> right. you've been replaced. No, it's that's a common thing, even from it's our real. side too. Like if it's you, real and it's like, no, go on, go on. I was gonna say like if you're running like you know a website or whatnot, and you know I know you were kind, you said this, so you were you know felt like oh you know I'm not keeping up with my blog. If your website stops posting things on Twitter, Facebook, even the website itself, wherever people are actually clicking to follow you. And you're not posting things like, well, this website died. I'll go find something else. Because there's so many music websites out there. And there's so many, like, blogs. And even bands themselves are having to tweet and, you know, stay active. So, you know, you don't, I guess, not necessarily forget about it. But just, just a little reminder that, hey, we're still here. Here we are, you know. And so I think that's really tough to kind of keep up on. And you have to be really cautious with what you're doing. And from, like, a journalist, you know, perspective, you kind of always have to just, you know, post about things or always check your emails or, you know, make sure that you're at least staying somewhat active so you don't get left behind or lost in, you know, the world that is, I suppose, the music industry. Definitely. And I mean, it, it goes, it even goes back to like, you know, if you get an email about, oh, such and such band is doing interviews or is going on tour and needs photo passes, that's like, you know, and is giving out photo passes to people who want to photograph the shows. I mean, it's even like, well, if you don't act fast enough and send out a request, like, are they gonna be on it? Um, and, and this ties in, and we've kind of been talking about like stress in general, but I think this this ties to youth a lot, um, and the idea of the pressure to stay young. Um, I I think because you know, look, if you're young, if you're single, like, you can do whatever, like, you can work late, you can travel. Which, I mean, like, everyone, you know, who doesn't like to travel, right? But that's a lot harder to do if you're, like, married and have a kid to just pick up and go to a conference or a festival or an event. Um, it's harder to work late, you know. it You might be, like, feeding the baby and, and not able to be on call with your email, you know. So there's I, – I think in that pre- in that sense, you know, there's, there's some pressure to, to be this kind of, like – person who's just very young and career driven um and you know i i am that way um but it's you know it's a real pressure and it's like you have to recognize it like i was i definitely had a lot a, a hard time i mean something that you know in that blog post i was talking about earlier where i talked about like not having it all figured out um i talked about you know my my knee surgery and feeling like feeling really lonely, um, which I did. And 
I felt very lonely, you know, and, and something that like you and I were even talking about the other day, Logan, uh, as we were talking about like real life friends versus internet friends, like, you know, I had three, like three friends that said they would visit me, you know, people that all live relatively close to where I live. And like one, one of them did because it worked out and two people who like promised to visit me did not visit. Um, but you know, then I had all these internet friends who checked in on me and sent me care packages, uh, which was really sweet. Um, but I, I felt, you know, with this whole thing, I think I've definitely felt a lot of pressure as, as a photographer to kind of always be out there and going to shows. And, you know, I can write like from my bedroom, like that's, I can write from my bed. That's I could write. Part, yeah. Right. Uh, but I couldn't be out photographing shows. <laughs> I was like, you know, and I know people say that like Twitter followers and Instagram followers don't matter, but that's, you know, look, like, when you're a photographer, like, you want people to see that, like, you're still updating your Instagram regularly, you know, you want people to understand that, like, you exist, and, and, like, you know, I, I freaked out, like, people, because since I have, I mean, no, I guess that's not true, because there have been times that I went on tour and, like, didn't really do anything, you know, didn't really, like, shoot any shows for a while, but that, you know, it's been a while, um, but, I mean, for the most part, I've never really gone more than, like, a few weeks without shooting a show. Like, like since I started doing this, right? Um, so, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I felt like I was going to be missing out. And I, and I was, like, really terrified that people would forget about me, you know? Obviously, they did not, you know? Even, like, while I was recuperating, like, I got – someone asked me, like – hey, uh, such and such, this local band I know is going on tour, like, will you, will you, like, be in good shape by then? And, uh, unfortunately, I was not in good shape where I would have been able to do that tour, uh, which is a bummer, because that band is, is, you know, a really, really cool band. Um, I don't want to, you know, say who they are. Um, but they would have been cool to tour with. Um, (laughs) but yeah, no, people, people did not forget about me, I realized, you know, and, and I, 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 not, not to like, I mean, yeah, you know, I, I will harp on the idea of like how cool like people on the internet are, you know, I, I think it, Logan and I were both talking about this the other day when I was like, uh, so to kind of paint this picture, I like have my Twitter meltdown and that's sort of like an ongoing thing as I'm like attempting to like make dinner for myself and everything. Um, and I'm, like, stressing out, and then all of a sudden, it's, like, almost midnight, and I'm, like, on my couch, like, no, it's, like, 11 o'clock, and I'm, like, on my couch, like, just crying. Like, it's so bad. Um, And Logan and I were both talking about, you know, this feeling that, like, we don't have a lot of friends in person that we, per se, hang out with, and I I think part of it, and and it's not that we don't have friends that we love and, and care about, but... I, I think part of it, you know, I think there's a very real thing that, you know, the people, pe- you, everyone needs to be surrounded by people who get it. Um, and that means people, and whatever your it is, I think everyone needs people who understand their, their it, you know? And for me, my it is, you know, the, the, everything I've experienced in the music industry and every frustration I've had in, in attempting to make myself a career in this industry. Um, I realized like this morning, and by the way, I've I've been in my current two jobs since, uh, March, I've had these two positions. So I've essentially been working full time in music or music related jobs for a couple months now. Um, you know, one that's, like, a music company, one that's a nonprofit that I do a lot, you know, like, tour sponsorships and coordination, um, but I, like, finally realized several months into it, like, oh, I actually do work in the music industry, you know, um, and, you know, it's, it's, this sounds like so, oh, special snowflake, but, like, you know, it it can be hard to relate to people who just aren't on the same life path as you, um, and, and that's why, like, 
not to be like I'm a nerd who spends all my time on social media and like doesn't hang out with people in real life, but you know what? I'm a nerd who spends all my time on social media. But we um, are. I mean, yeah, <laughs> here we right, are. Right, right, right. Here we are. You know, and like, I mean, to me, like I've made like really valuable connections with people through whether it's through like a Facebook networking group or it's even like someone posts about they need a photographer for an event and someone that I know tags me because they know I am local to that area, right? Or that, or whether it's someone retweets something, you know, and it's like you do, you connect with people that way. And it's like, one of the things that was really cool about going on Warped Tour last year was how many of these like, quote unquote, internet friends I got to meet in real life. Um, And it's funny because sometimes like some people have a lot of like really clear pictures of, of themselves on their Facebook. So you go up you see them and you're like, oh, I know exactly who you are. Some people, like, don't have any good pictures of themselves online. So you meet them and you see their face and you're like, I'm not really sure who you are. And then you start talking. You're like, oh, my God. We had, like, the deepest, most intense conversations about life and music and all of our passions. Right. And, uh, sure. you know. But, I, I mean, I think there's something really valuable. And, and not, not to say that, like, real-life friendships aren't valuable, because they totally are. Um, if you if anyone wants to, like, tell me how to, like, make real-life friends, like, that would be I am cool. open to any ideas at this point. Right. I- right. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, how do you make friends, like, after, you know, if you're not, like, living on campus at college? I don't really know. I don't know. I see. I never went to an actual college campus, so I don't even know. I, I you know, I went. Well, work, and that's it. I went to an actual college campus, but, you know, and, like, I had, and, and Logan, this is something we've talked about, um, but, like, I was in a sorority house. This is, you know, I mentioned this earlier in the episode that I was in a sorority, and I got kicked out of the sorority house in the middle of the semester, and, it, you know, I, I had this really great group of friends, of sisters, and then all of a sudden, like, I, you know, essentially I was going through a really tough time in my life with a lot of stuff that was going on and they decided that, you know, I had a bad attitude or whatever. And, you know, it, it, I I don't really want to go into like what was going on, uh, in my life at that point. Um, but they decided to kick me out of the house and it was like just the biggest slap in the face of like people don't care. Like even the people who sometimes say they will or are supposed to theoretically like sometimes just don't care um and and you know not not to say you can't be betrayed by people that are like on the internet or whatever because you totally can i mean i i am an avid watcher of catfish uh which you know obviously shows (laughs) how dark the internet can get but you know i think on a very real level like there's something to be said about you know, people who have no obligation to you, but still, like, reach out and, like, number one, still, like, number one, people who, like, see you having a meltdown on Twitter and, like, message you and, and like, have a conversation with you as you're freaking out and probably being completely annoying and ridiculous as you're having this total freak out and breakdown. And, and people who, like, deal with you and still talk to you after that (laughs) like like you know people who like put up with like seeing your bullshit and still talk to you after that are like a very special class of people um those are hard (laughs) to find too and and that's that's what's so hard about like finding friends like in real life because like if you make friends on the internet, usually it's like over like a progressive period of time, right? Like they might follow you on Twitter or something and then they'll see and your then daily you tweets. On Facebook. Right. And, and I mean, they'll yeah. see your like mental breakdowns like progressing and you know, they'll see them and it's not like you meet someone in real life. Hey, nice to meet you. My name's Logan. I have a mental breakdown every three weeks, but it's nice to meet you. You want to go get drinks? Like, how do you do that? I don't know. I have mental <laughs> breakdowns much more often than every three weeks. I'm just going to say that. Okay. That's, that's fair. Um, I have mental breakdowns every day. So hopefully you can deal with that. Um, if you can't, then I guess I don't have any friends still, but like, I don't know, like, I guess it's, you know, making friends on the internet is much easier than it is in real life. And it's a lot less work, but like at the same time, it's not the same, but you know, I don't know. I think 
in a way, I don't, I don't know if I would say it's <laughs> less work because like, you know, it's almost more work in that you have to like find the person, you know, it's like, who do I want to be friends with versus like, you know, being in like high school and sitting next to the same kid in class every day and, you know, you live next door to each other. Um, in, you know, on the internet, it's like you have to like find people like that you like, want to be friends with, you know, which is not always easy, but. I, I think, you know, I think there's also, like, with people you're, like, quote-unquote internet friends with, there's an expectation that, like, you stay in touch because you don't generally get to see each other. So, like, you make an effort to check in with each other. Um, you know, ver- versus people that, like, you know, maybe you know from work or whatever. Some people are the type that, like, will stay in touch. And I've, I've really tried to make an effort, you know, to, to people that I know, like, through real life or whatever. Like, I've tried to make that effort of consciously staying in touch and reaching out and i think that's important um but it's a different expectation um on on the complete opposite of that though is you know the people that i've been on tour with um some of them i am not friends with have had no contact with since tour but like some of them are some of my best friends and like one of them was the person i called you know when i was having my breakdown the other day like I said, hey, like, I need to call you. And and she said, okay, and, and picked up the phone. Um, you know, because, like, we had lived on a tour bus together for two months. And, like, we got sweaty and disgusting and, like, you know, experienced some grueling days and some physical, mental, and emotional challenges, as well as some incredible successes and achievements together. So, I mean, I, I guess, I don't know, it's probably, like, being in the army, but less intense. Um, you know, it's, the, you know, and, and one of the people, I, another person I was on tour with last year, like, she lives in Texas now, you know, working a different job. And, like, you know, we don't get to talk as often, but, like, she still is someone I consider, like, a good friend because of all of the time that we spent together you know driving that tour we were in a van and like we're driving and when you have like a six hour drive you know okay yeah sometimes you just put your headphones in but you know sometimes you like listen to whatever the other person's playing on the radio and you just talk and like you end up having like really deep conversations with people when you're in a car for that many hours you know uh and especially when you're in a car for many hours every day for four months straight um and it's a really kind of special friendship you know and it's definitely something i miss and i miss that a lot you know um and and, you know conversely i mean sometimes you end up being on tour with people that you just don't click with for whatever reason uh and that sucks but you know um I, i definitely have met like some really incredible like lifelong friends through being on the road but that's even hard because they live you know, one of them lives in Texas, the other one lives in Portland, Oregon. So it's like, you know, and one of my, one of the people that I, that I am friends with through touring is from Ohio, is probably moving to Los Angeles, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, you know, but it, but it also like tour friends kind of don't really feel like real life because it's not regular life. Like you're on tour. Um, And, like, I – something that, like, always helps me, like, when I'm on the road is to keep that mental sanity. Something that helps me is, like, staying in touch with other people outside of tour because otherwise it's just so easy to get caught up in that bubble of, like, all right, this is what I do. This is when I set up. This is how the day is going to go. And then I tear down and then I get dinner and then I leave and drive and go to a hotel and whatever. Um you know, so I think it's important to extend your life outside that. I mean, we could, you know, I, I could even, and, and really we could bring someone else on that, you know, has toured more than I have. Um, but I, I, you know, would love to talk more about, like, specifically touring and mental health because there's, there's a lot to dive into there. Yeah. yeah, there certainly is. And I mean, I've never been on tour, but like, you know, just talking to people who have, and I mean, you have a general idea of what it's like, um, you know, even if you've never been on there, you can certainly understand how that must feel. And like, just knowing that, I guess you always have, I don't know, 
and it's gotta be tough and i guess you just always are like so far away from like your home but yet you know and if you like you said if you don't get along with some of these people then it's gonna be a long time and that's not easy and 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 if you aren't you know really close with them or you are really close with them and then they go away for a couple of months and then you come back together and like you said i don't know it's not the same as having like real friends that you can see every day and I think that's just another part. Maybe this the whole thing ties into like getting older too is like you realize that you don't have as many friends as you once did, but it's also harder now to make friends than it was when you were younger. So like, how does that work? You know, I mean, you might need friends more now that you're older um, because, you know, th more things are going on in your life, right? Like more stuff is going on. And right. you need right. them now more than you ever did, but you don't have them because you're all older. So you drifted away. Right. Some of them moved across the country. Some of them have kids. So they can't just like come over, you know, after school or whatever and do your homework and talk about, you know, how your girlfriend Lisa cheated on you. And now you're all stuck and you're alone. And I don't know who Lisa is. I did not have a girlfriend named Lisa. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know where the name came from. That's going to. I'm going to get asked questions about that, but that's okay. Yeah, I so, will. That's okay. <laughs> hey, I mean, you know what? People, please ask us questions uh, because then we know you're listening. <laughs> right. I hope somebody says, who the hell is Lisa? And I can be like, right, I don't know right. who Lisa is. You know, right. but like, so things like that are really tough because you do get older and you realize you need friends now but you don't have them and then how do you make them? And it's just it's so disaster. depressing. It's so sad. <laughs> and I'm just really just sad about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, welcome to perspective. Uh, this show will probably be really depressing. Um, but exciting news that we have a t-shirt line. We totally do oh, not have a yes, t-shirt line, do. but we might, uh, we have ideas. Um, some of you may have seen some of our uh, our tweets at perspective underscore pod on Twitter. You should follow us. We're really funny. Um, We're hilarious on the internet. Right, Only on the right. internet. In real life, we are not funny. Right. In, yeah. In, in real life, like, what do I do? What do I do in real life? Like, I spill coffee on myself at work, you know, and I get it. I even tweeted about this, but, like, I spilled coffee and, like, it. I choked on my coffee at work and it got on the wall behind the desk, on the printer, and on the floor. And then, like, all over my shirt. It was, you know, whatever. That's the That's most, what I'm like, like in office real life. thing I've ever heard of in my life. Like, it got on my right. shirt, it got on the printer, got on my damn right. stapler, and, like, oh, right. man, yeah. Right, right, Um, You know, but on Twitter, I t we tweet about things like, <laughs> well, all our favorite brands broke up, welcome to Perspective. Um, yep, that's So that's us. a t-shirt. That's a t-shirt. Uh... Another T-shirt, uh, which which this idea came up in the idea of uh, as we were discussing what we were going to talk about on this episode. Um, why why solve your problem? <laughs> yes, why solve your problem? About the mind your podcast. podcast. I it. can't even say it without <laughs> laughing. You know. Um, and, and there's the related one of why talk about things in real life when you can <laughs> overshare on Twitter. Yep. Uh, or, <laughs> you know, or, or I talk about my life on the internet because I have no friends in real life. Um, so, yeah. Wow. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in. This has been a fun show. This has um, been a really sad show. <laughs> so we can't wait to make it sadder well, next week know. when we talk about how but, all of our but, favorite bands but, have broken up. But, okay, so I'll say this as we get to closing. Um, you know, and as I mentioned, like, I've wanted to be more honest about myself with the world. And not that I ever lied, but, like, I wanted to show more of myself with the world. Um, and in hopes that I could connect with people. Uh, and that's, that's why I do things like this, you know, I talk about, like, all my fears and, and stuff on my podcast on the internet. Um... You know, I, I want to be uh, more real and open, and I think that's a really important thing. It helps people feel connected to you, to each other. Like, that's a really powerful thing is connection, because feeling lonely sucks. Feeling like no one understands you sucks. Like, that sucks so much. But, you know, feeling like people get it and get what you're going through, I mean, that that feels really, really nice. So, you know, I when I interviewed Corey from Free Throw, um, 
he said that like he really appreciates when people say they relate to one of his songs because it makes him feel less alone. So, I mean, I, I hope that, you know, anything I, I say on here is something someone may find something they can relate to. Uh, but if not, you know what? Like, we got to have this cool conversation, you and I, Logan, um, where we talked good. about some stuff that I think has been weighing on our minds. And I think the act of talking can be really cathartic. I think so. And, you know, this is just the, I'm sure we'll touch base on this again at some later date. But I think this has been, um, it's, it's something I think that I hope a lot of people can relate to this. Cause I think some people will be able to, cause I do think it's something that is very important. Um, and it, I think it's, again, it's something that we all kind of go through as you get older, whether it really hits you as hard as maybe it hits us or not. I think at some point it probably crosses. It hit me mind. very hard. It's hitting us <laughs> both very hard. Um, but you know, I think it's something that always crosses our minds, you know, whether it's now when you're in your twenties or when you're in thirties, or whatever point it's going to hit sometime where you're like, oh, wow, this is not what I thought my life was going to be. Sorry, parents. I hope you still love me. You know, and like things like that, just like, I don't know. It's tough. God, I hope my parents still love me. (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk about parental anxiety next week and our relationships with our parents. We are (laughs) doctors, by the way, I promise. We know what we're talking about. (laughs) Right, right, right. Um... Well, yeah, uh, Logan, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Do you have anything else you want to get into? I, I don't because I don't want to make this any more sad. So I think now is a good time <laughs> to be like, you know what? Yeah. We're good. Yeah. Well, thank you, everyone who uh, tuned into this and who stuck around for the whole episode. We, we do appreciate it. Um, this is, uh, is going to go up on August 7th. My birthday is Wednesday, August 30th. Uh, you don't have to like send me a card or a present, but like wish me but, happy like, birthday you should and also. tell me something. Yeah, like tell me something you enjoy about me. I don't know. I Whatever. think everyone for Make your birthday to tweet at Mark Hoppus <laughs> to try to get him on this episode. And I think if we just please, blow up please, his please, Twitter, <laughs> scratch what I, scratch what I just said. Scratch what I just said about like you know wishing me a happy birthday on August thirtieth. Everyone, please tweet at Mark Hoppus that he should come on Perspective, uh, which segues into, you know, follow us on Twitter at Perspective underscore pod. Follow us. Tell your friends to follow us. Tell Mark Hoppus to follow us. Um, you can follow me at M Huddleson. You can follow Logan at A-N-I-A-F-C. Did I get that right? You did. You did. I need to get a better Twitter <laughs> handle at some point in time. Yeah. I'm trying to bother this uh, kid next, on Twitter whose you know name is my name, and he hasn't tweeted in four years. And so I'm trying to bully you him. You know what? You know what? Hey, anyone listening to this, tweet at Perspective and tweet at A-N-I-A-F-C. So tweet at all of us uh, and suggest new at handles for logan whose full name is logan white and runs the website heart state review help logan come up with a new twitter name help me help you so it's easier for (laughs) us to say that easy for you to find me (laughs) yeah uh well cool i mean thank you thank you again everyone for tuning in uh we we really appreciate you listening uh Please follow the show at perspective underscore pod. We have a Facebook page as well. Um, yeah, thank you everyone so much for tuning in. Um, and oh yeah, uh, subscribe on iTunes, please. We would love that. Talk to you next time.